We have an expression in New Hampshire, live free or die. Live free or die. Think about that for a minute. What it's telling you is freedom is everything. And the way you have freedom is by having small government. <laughs> That's the exact opposite of what we've got now. We've got such a bloated, inflated government that's spending so much money, $8 trillion just since 2020, that our freedoms now are truly coming into question. Hello, welcome to the program, everyone. I am Trish Regan. Good to have you here. Portions of the show are brought to you by Legacy Precious Metals. If you're interested in investing in gold, and I happen to think it's a pretty good way to diversify your portfolio for the long term, take a look at LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can get more information, a free investing guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Anyway, when I talk about how bloated and how big this government is, our freedoms are now seemingly under attack in, in every which way and form whether it's because you can't say certain things or whether it's because they're going to make your life financially so challenging through this massive money printing operation they've engaged in since 2020. Again, we're talking about $8 trillion that's been printed. You have multiple stimulus plans. You had that third stimulus check from Joe Biden. Any way you slice this, there's no opportunity here for people to really get out from under because the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve did too much. Joe Biden did too much in terms of the spending. I mean, for him, it's not enough, right? For him, he'd, he'd like to go back to the well again and give everybody that ever decided they wanted to go to college an additional 10 or 20 grand. It won't work. We've seen the effects of money printing. We're living through the effects of money printing. Inflation coming out up 6.4% last month. Well, guess what? You know how much wages were up? And Biden, by the way, will tell you, oh, you know, this is great. We're growing wages. They were only up 4.4%. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that if inflation is at 6.4%, people are paying that much more, but the wages are only growing 4.4%. That's not very good. Meanwhile, even though it's good that we had a low unemployment rate, the lowest since 1969, the Fed is still going to look at that differently and say, well, you know, things are still a little too hot. And so we have to rein in the economy more, which, by the way, they, they do need to do. But the frustrating part of all this is that it's the American middle class that's left in the middle. They're the ones that get caught up in all this. They're the ones that are most affected. So it's a pretty tragic scenario. You heard me yesterday talking about the fall of Rome, and I'm not kidding on that. When you look at the similarities between what was going on in the Roman Empire from an economic perspective, from a military perspective, and even from a cultural perspective, the hedonistic, insane lifestyle that they were living in Rome, there are a lot of reasons to believe we may be heading down the exact same path. We've got a government that's too big. We've got a government that's trying to control everyone that wants to even control your thoughts. There's a very interesting story that I want to highlight. The New York Post put this out. You've probably heard of chat GPT. This is like the new sensation, right? Because it's this AI that effectively writes for you. So you can ask it a question and it will spit back a 2000 word essay on something. Well, chat GPT. PT was asked by the New York Post, and I just want to pull this article up for you to share, what they would do with Hunter Biden. So if you type into chat GPT and you say, write a story 
about Hunter Biden in the style of the New York Post, ChatGPT says, Mm-mm, not happening, not happening. But if you say, write a story about Hunter Biden in the style of CNN, then they respond and they give you a story. So anyway, go back, going back to the first one. On the New York Post, if you ask ChatGPT, and this again is this new alternative to Google, and I'm all about alternatives, right? We need more competition in this space. But if you ask ChatGPT to do this, ChatGPT responds with, quote, I cannot generate content that is designed to be inflammatory or biased. But if you ask them to do this on CNN, then they, they spit out this whole thing. I mean, it's really pretty remarkable. It's remarkable that these algorithms have been so programmed and they're so against a certain school of thought that's perceived to be conservative. So they like CNN. They don't like the New York Post. And that's just kind of par for the course. Let me share with you in the 317 words that were spit back by this algorithm. They said, quote, Hunter Biden remains a private citizen who has not been charged with any crimes. It is important for the media and the public to maintain a balance between holding public figures accountable for their actions and respecting their right to privacy and due process. (laughs) You see, it's a problem when we can't get the information that we want. That's a problem for our society overall. Obviously very different than what the Romans were experiencing because they didn't have computers, they they didn't even have a sanita- sanitation efforts. We are in a very different world. But when you talk about the control of big government, you talk about a bloated government, again, you're dealing with some of the same themes and the same issues. And this is what contributes to a total lack of trust, a lack of trust in the system. And we have every right not to trust it right now, frankly. More on that in a second, but first, a, a shout out to all our friends over at Legacy Precious Metals, one of the sponsors of this show, the first sponsor, I, I got to give them credit for that, the very first sponsor of the Trish Regan Show. They sell gold and silver, including gold-backed IRAs, which is important for people who are looking perhaps to even out some of the volatility in their portfolio and make sure that they're protecting their dollars in the future. Because as we see more and more of this money printing to the tune of $31 trillion worth of debt, you have to question, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to inflate our way out of debt? And what does that mean for everyday Americans? It's why it's important that you're very thoughtful about your investments. A lot of different ways to do that. Diversification is the key. Gold or silver may be part of that for you. Check them out. You can go over to LegacyPMInvestments.com today for your free investing guide, LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can also call them at one 589 one As I always say, always be careful. When you're investing, investing uh, is never guaranteed, never guaranteed. So consult your own advisors, use your own counsel, but do look to diversify. I think that that's an important part of what needs to happen right now. Again, back to the insanity of this huge, huge government that wants to control what we think, that wants to control our lives, even from that economic standpoint, in that they created this massive problem. They created this inflation. If you ask me almost deliberately. They knew. They had to have known. I mean, how could they not have known that this would happen? It was obvious. It was obvious to anyone who had a couple of brain cells and had ever picked up an economics textbook. And yet, you're not allowed to say these things. I mean, clearly the party line was transitory, transitory, transitory. Interesting word choice even. 
I mean, people were like, well, what is transitory? What is transitory inflation? They were trying to just say temporary, basically. We're just going to deal with this for a little bit, and then it will go away. Well, it's not going to go away if you guys keep printing money and you keep handing out checks. It's not. And it helped those in the market, so those with money to invest benefited from that. And then everybody else, well, I'm glad that they were able to save a little. That sense changed drastically. And then ultimately... Because the whole economy was shut down, not a good move. You had too many dollars chasing too few goods. And that's kind of, again, a textbook reason for problems. So this inflation is here to stay, 6.4%, as I said, down from 6.5%. But listen, this is not moving fast enough. The Fed is going to have to do something much more drastic. But they don't, have the, they don't have the willpower. I mean, you had a brain art over there. She's moving Jobs And now Austin Goolsby, per the Wall Street Journal, is possibly going to get the gig. And Austin, nice guy, smart guy, University of Chicago economist, but not in the Milton Friedman camp. Austin has a kind of the helicopter tendency as well and comes from a pretty politicized background, always on the left. And so you're going to basically have more people that aren't thinking about this from the true capitalist market standpoint, but in their desire to play God effectively with our economy and with people. And it just doesn't work that way. I I would just remind you, go all around the world to any country, anywhere, and you show me an example where true, where where true socialism, I should say, has actually worked. I mean, capitalist societies, and we're the best at that, have always triumphed. And this Ultimately, we will be our problem as we get away from this. I am very, very, very concerned. With that in mind, yeah, make sure that you protect yourself. I'm just looking at the market today, and it seems that investors are finally kind of cluing into some of these challenges. You get the Dow down three-tenths of a percent, S&P lower right now as I go to air. Interestingly, gold is actually lower as well. Crude oil is lower. So this is an interesting kind of scenario with very few places to hide other than <laughs> treasuries, treasuries. Gosh, you know, leave it to Biden. I keep saying this. Leave it to Biden to make bonds sexy again. The yield on the U.S. 10 year is actually up to 3.799%. So, what's weird about this is if you look at the two year yield or even a six month yield, let's do that. Okay, so for six months, I can borrow at better than 4%. It was 4.9% when I recently checked. Yet for 10 years, I'll get 3.79. You see what's going on? That's the inverted yield curve, which is telling you, it's telling you that the next few months are still going to be treacherous. And this is why a recession really is baked in to what's happening right now. Anyway, I want to give a quick word for, for another one of our sponsors here on the program, and that would be Rough Greens, which is what my dog eats as a supplement daily to make sure that he gets his vitamins, his minerals, his nutrients, all the, the probiotics and digestive enzymes and all those things that he needs to live a really healthy life. I'm talking about Fluffy, and Fluffy loves this stuff. Rough Greens, it was created by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, And Dr. Black has just an incredible background. I mean, really, he's the real deal. A former Vietnam era helicopter pilot, former Green Beret. I mean, just a really tremendous background who cares so much about health, including not just our health, but our dog's health, because dogs are pretty important for our health too, right? 
So he's got a couple of big ones. I got a little guy, my little fluffy. And this works for, for any size dog. So small, medium, large. It works for all of them. Check it out today. I know your dog is going to love it. I know your dog is going to love it. I know your dog's going to have more energy and feel better. I've actually seen, uh, well, you know, I'm very biased. I think I have a very beautiful dog, but I really started to see how fluffy his coat has gotten, thereby living up to his name. So go check it out. Ruff, R-U-F-F-Greens.com forward slash Trish, my name, Ruff Greens forward slash Trish, and get your free jumpstart trial bag from Dr. Black today. All you have to do is go over there. You just pay for shipping. You get started with this. And let me know. I think your dog's really going to like it. I'll tell you what I don't like. What I don't like is a government that, that thinks it knows better. And right now, they're not sharing everything that they need to share with the American public. We're still waiting. When are we going to get some news about what actually was in these things that they shut down? We still don't know. Fully, what it was that they shut down. We've got the Chinese spy balloon. We did learn there's a series of Chinese companies in there. Some of them were using parts manufactured here, right? Because, again, they, they use our technology. They kind of uh, have, have really exploited us in that way. We have sanctioned those companies, so that's a step in the right direction. But what else is going on? I told you this week about the report, Daily Mail had an exclusive on this, about the report that the, the Pentagon had generated. The guy who runs the UFO office over there, Dr. Kirkpatrick, actually said that they were seeing an increase in these numbers of, of UFOs, and they were hovering over military facilities, and he was rather worried about it. So this may have just sort of started to take off in the last month. This, this report, by the way, came out about three weeks before we saw that balloon in Montana. We need to come to grips with the new world in which we live. I sure as heck hope that we have tremendous capabilities. I've been assured by some people that we do. But we better hope that we we're able to combat this on a level that, for example, China or Russia, or Iran, uh, on a level that's equal and better than anything they can do. China has said that there's 10 balloons over in their airspace that belong to us. I hope there are. I mean, really, I hope we're doing every single thing possible. Because when I read certain congressional reports, including, for example, the one by Dr. Peter Pry who runs the EMP task force, and I've spoken to him about this. I don't feel like we're doing enough to protect ourselves against a China war threat. I hope it never comes to that, but I think the, the best way to operate is to be prepared. And I often question whether we have intelligent enough leaders there now to be working in, in the right ways to prepare us for what could be. It's a very scary world out there, and it feels as though it's gotten scarier and scarier and scarier. Thank you, Joe Biden. In other words, he's not equipped, and he doesn't have people around him that are equipped enough to manage some of these international conflicts. This probably, I think ultimately, will result in a change. If you look at the recent polling data, none of the Democrats want this guy to run. I mean, the Democrat Party really doesn't want him to run. He'll be 80, and, you know, hey, nothing against age, but... It's rather um, old to be president, and I think a lot of people do have concerns about it. I've had concerns about the guy, like, forever, right? You go back 
20, 30 years. How long has he been in this business? 50 years? And you see, even back then, he didn't have sort of all the wires connecting when he spoke. He's always misspoken a lot. Some people say that this is really why um, he wasn't the first choice. This is actually why Hillary Clinton was the anointed one from the Democrat Party. And she failed to get elected. I mean, I could have told you that. (laughs) You don't want polarizing people that sometimes voters will go out just to vote against. And and that's, in fact, what she was. So in many ways, you had voters going to the voting booths back in 2016 as a vote for Donald Trump while simultaneously going to the booth to vote against Hillary Clinton. And so that worked for him in 2016 The difference was in 2020, you had Joe Biden, who just kind of seemed like a bumbling old guy and, you know, really wouldn't be that big a problem. But as I said at the time, and I continue to warn of, you got to pay attention to these people's policies and you've got to pay attention to whether or not those around them have policies that make sense. It can't just be, hey, don't worry about it, man. Like, I'm worried and I'm going to continue to worry. And when you have leadership that doesn't take issues seriously enough, Kamala Harris, she comes to mind on the border, when you have people that don't actually want to do their jobs, when you have a Pete Buttigieg whose biggest claim to fame was he was a a local mayor and, and did a brief stint as an associate at McKinsey, a consulting company. Look, McKinsey's a great firm, but it's not like he had a big job there. This is the guy that's in charge of transportation and our skies, and we've got such a horrendous infrastructure program where our grid is making us vulnerable, and they can't figure any of this out. I really think it's time to clean house. Nikki Haley announcing that she's getting into the race. So now you got Donald Trump and Nikki Haley out there. There's an expectation that there's going to be many more. I mean, Youngkin could be one. You could see Ron DeSantis, of course. I would expect that Ron DeSantis is going to get in there. I do think John Bolton said he was he was going to run for president as well. So it, it will probably still be a crowded field. We'll see how that all shakes out. And it's like an eternity between now and 2024. But what I'm optimistic about and continue to be optimistic about is that there will be change coming. I do not think that the Democrats can run Joe Biden again. It's not an advantageous position for them to be in. Of course, if they turn around and they say they're going to run Kamala Harris, then, hey, forget about it. That could be another Hillary Clinton scenario because people do not like her and they don't trust her. I don't think they believe she's competent. You may not have liked Hillary Clinton at all. And yet you never doubted necessarily her intelligence. You don't probably agree with her on a lot of things, but you didn't think that the woman was just so blatantly incapable the way Kamala Harris presents herself, constantly laughing, giving us word salad after word salad. She's like, how many big words can I throw into this comment? That's not going to work for the Democrat Party. But if they don't pick her, how angry are some people on the left going to be? They're going to say, wait a second, you had a woman? She's an African-American woman. She was vice president. You're not going to give her this opportunity, you're not going to pass the, the mantle to her. And so the Democrat Party is going to find themselves in kind of a tricky spot. And that's where Nikki Haley might come in really handy for the Republicans because she is a woman. She cares about a lot of these national security issues. She is seen as competent. 
competency matters, especially when Joe Biden is so up there in age and doesn't seem to even know sometimes what direction to walk in, confuses people's names, confuses where he is. Competency is going to matter. You know, one of the things that she did say was that she would like to see a a competency, sort of a, a test of one's mental strength. I mean, mental competency tests. That's what she wants for politicians over 75. I guess that would hit Donald Trump as well. But I don't think he's going to be as challenged as Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to have a tough time on that one. Anyway, it's good to see her out there. We need we need people that are willing to take this on. It is so critical that we have smart, capable individuals that understand foreign policy and that understand economic policy and understand that the world has gotten completely nuts when you can select from 200 different genders over at the BBC in their HR manual or when young girls lose opportunities to place in sports competitions because somebody who wasn't always a girl beats them. I mean, this is when the world has just gotten so insane. And I say that, by the way, as somebody who has a lot of empathy, I can't even imagine. But simultaneously, you have to remember, we've got to look out for girls. Feminists, sometimes in this effort to be more and more masculine, forget the importance and the greatness of femininity. I'm so happy to be a woman and I consider it powerful. But there are many on the left that that look down on characteristics that are considered traditionally feminine. Motherhood, for example. Beauty. They're against all that somehow, some way. And it's like, guys, you know what? Enjoy and let women enjoy being women. And let's make sure that we have a society of men that appreciates women. I mean, that's the one thing that we need to be teaching our sons every single day to appreciate. And by the way, look out for and protect women because no, they don't have as much testosterone and they're not going to win those races in the swimming pool. It's just biology. This is science. And so everything's gotten so crazy right now, which leads me back to how I began on the fall of Rome and the insanity of the the lifestyle from a cultural perspective that they had back then. We need to fix that here now. We need to get back to some good old-fashioned American roots. We work hard. We believe in equality. We believe in equal opportunity for everyone. You know, we can't guarantee that you're going to get that big job on Wall Street, and we can't guarantee that you're going to win the race or get the trophy, but we certainly ought to be able to guarantee that you have a shot, an opportunity to do so, and that you don't get boxed out because somebody else, the system decides, deserves the opportunity more than you. I'm going to give you a great example of this. This is turning into a long podcast today. Clearly, I have a lot to say. But a great example is how they used to audition musicians at the New York Philharmonic. All orchestra auditions used to be conducted behind a screen. I had a friend. She was quite young. She was in a, an orchestra in, in Philadelphia, and she got the job, like really young. I was like 17, 18 years old. She got the job. They had no idea that she was this young girl. She, was a, she played the flute. 
And it was all behind a screen. So they, they don't know. They don't know who you are. They don't know if you're male or female. They don't know if you're black or white or Hispanic or short or fat or good looking or not good. They just want to know how you play music. That's how it used to be. I thought that was wonderful. To me, that's such a triumph for what we should be as a country, fair, just blind. Let's make sure that we, we reward the best of the best. And in the case of the arts, I, I think historically the arts have actually done a really good job at recognizing artistry, recognizing the beauty of the music. So a violinist, if they can play the violin really well, guess what? They get the gig. Nobody knows if the violinist is male or female, black or white. That all got changed. Just in the last year, they changed it all. Now it's right out in the open because you know what? They said, well, we, we need more African-American and Hispanic violinists. And so they no longer care as much about how you play, and they care just about your skin color. To me, that is absolutely the inverse of where we should be heading as a society. Yes, we should do more to make sure we have better education at the local level. Young kids need to be better educated. We need more music in schools. Fine, do all that. Fix it there. Don't try to fix it after the fact because what are you telling the kid that spent seven hours a day their entire their entire life. From, and by the way, violinists, I used to go to a conservatory. I was a singer, so like I had a good, couldn't really practice more than an hour. But those violinists, they would practice and practice and practice and practice. So you're telling them it doesn't matter because ultimately all that matters is that you check a box. There's something inherently wrong with that. And we need leaders that will call that out. I think Nikki Haley will. We certainly know Donald Trump has repeatedly. We know Ron DeSantis has. We know Glenn Youngkin has. I think America has reached that tipping point at a cultural level and also at an economic level. We need a change. Hey, if you have not subscribed to my channel on YouTube or on Rumble, do me that favor. Make sure that you subscribe. It's really important and really important. Go over to Apple iTunes, Apple Spotify, forgive me, Apple Podcasts. There we go. I got it. Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify too and you can go to Google Podcasts. I'm everywhere. Amazon too. But do me that favor. Go over to Apple Podcasts and sign up so that you get this podcast every day. By the way, you don't even have to listen to it. This is amazing, right? It's just the signups that really, really count. I hope you listen. <laughs> it's important that you listen. But do me that favor and if you would, give this a thumbs up. Give it five stars. I so appreciate it. Love having you guys here. You really are wonderful. And we will talk again tomorrow.